we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Sing a song together. <laughs> That's like Judas would have done. I always wanted to be Judas. And well, the, that kind of scares me. Like this. In the Easter play, like... <laughs> I, I could imagine that Judas did not want to kiss Jesus that way, but that's the People way he did it. People are not coming back to church okay. here. <laughs> Don't be like Judas. You can go. You can go. I won't kiss you anymore. Um, I want to keep it simple today. Um, I want to talk about... Yeah. You could stay up here with me if you want. I want to talk about uh, the gospel. The gospel means good news. You probably know that. You probably heard that before. The thing is about Jesus and about the gospel, about the Bible, is it's so simple that even a kid can understand it, yet the smartest adult doesn't seem to be able to grasp it. They think, what's, what's the catch? Um, it's like um, I went to a, a baseball game, and it was an important one, and I had an extra ticket. The rest of my group was inside, and I stayed outside purposefully I thought it would be nice to give the ticket away to someone and I was actually watching because of someone that's gonna um that I'm not gonna mind sitting by too right and I couldn't seem to find anyone when I would try to hand it to them they would say no thank you because people don't understand uh when something looks too good to be true they think it is they don't think that anything in life could possibly be free and Jesus is that way. Could have put up the slide for me. The irony about the gospel is this, that it uh, makes room, the next one, it makes room for you, for me, for the murder, for the liar, for the adulterer, for you, you name it. But most tell Jesus, even though Jesus says, I make, I make room for you, they say, I have no room for you in my heart. I want you to know that I am not talking to the murderer today. I'm not even talking to the adulterer unless that's something that's been in part of your life. The smallest sin is a sin to Jesus and the wages of sin is death. I'm keeping it simple. But Jesus says, I forgive you anyways. But we sometimes don't. Another irony about, about the gospel is this. Um, the, put the next one up. The, God's love can forgive the first offender. It can, can forgive the third offender. You can even offend God a million times. But we would rather break God's heart than, than are we rather break God's heart and break laws than the, the verse, vice versa. But most rather break his heart than stop breaking laws. Why? You can put up the next one too. It's very simple. Because sin is fun. You're like, oh. Are you looking at me? Don't smile at this. Sin is fun. Yeah, it is. For a while. Sin can even be fulfilling, can it? It can be fulfilling. Don't look at me. I'm not telling you. Yeah. Sin can be fulfilling. I, some, I kind of like sinning sometimes. It can be fulfilling for a season, right? It can. It's like the celebrity... Um, Mick Jagger, some of you don't know who this is. Raise your hand if you do. He sang a song called, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And he had everything in the world. He had wealth, he had power, he had women, he had popularity. 
but he would still reach to addictions to find meaning because he couldn't uh, be fulfilled in the sins he was doing. Why is this? Why is this? It's because we all have a, uh, a, a, a spot in our heart that says, is there more to life than this? I take this, I do this, I, I partake in this, I, I do this action, and I, st- I have to ask, is there more to life than this? And put up this next one. Until we fill the God-sized void inside of us, we will always be searching for more. Everyone can agree with that. You always will be searching for more because God made you, my friends. I don't believe in God. Well, good. You can not believe in God. But God made you. And when he made you, the Bible says, this is the truth. I believe this 100%. I will stand on it. I will do an ollie off my, it looks like I'm using a, you know what I'm saying? The Bible says that we are created in God's image, which means that because we have part of God's image in us, we are always longing for more because we have eternity inside of us. We have a desire for meaning. We have a desire for for purpose. That's just who we are. So the series we are in is called New, and today I simply want to uh, share a message with you called The Death Life. Wow, how encouraging. The Death Life. Would you pray with me? Lord, we don't, we don't pray to say, um, I hope you in, are still here, because I know you are here in, the, in our midst. I just pray to uh, thank you for this special day. I press pause just on everything, and I say, thank you. Thank you for what you did for us on the cross. Thank you that you rose from the dead so I don't serve a dead Savior. I thank you for the group that you uh, assembled in this place today, all different backgrounds. And I pray that you would help us all just for these next few minutes to hear you, not to hear um, what our thoughts are about our Easter lunch or or what we're going to do after this. Lord, help us to just take a moment and listen to you. That we would hear your gospel in a different way today. Let it not be something, oh, I know this already. I'm tune, tuning out. Anoint our ears in Jesus' name. And then certainly help me to share what you want me to share. As you heard, I'm working from the title. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm working from the title, The Death life. And you might say, well, how encouraging. I brought my neighbor to church and you're talking about the death life. That's, that's great. Why do I, why do I want to ex- do this? Well, it's because I grew up in church and I'm going to explain some things for you in a minute. I, I, in 11th grade, I have a picture of myself and I like to show this because um, I'm halfway proud, but it's kind of funny as well. <laughs> uh, I, in 11th grade, I I look like this, and I loved church. I also loved um, rock music, right? That Rocky Devil music, I did. I just loved it. I loved it so much. And um, you can take that down. (laughs) And I was at church three days a week. I was there on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, sometimes Tuesday prayer, sometimes Thursday choir, sometimes Saturday morning kids choir. It was crazy. But I still loved Jesus, 
And that's not always the case. My, my parents are pastors, and sometimes that turns a kid away from Jesus. But I love Jesus because of this, because he's always been real to me. He's always been real. I always know that Jesus is who he says he is. I, I've looked at others, and I've judged them. I've seen people that I would call hypocrites. I'm not calling you that, right? But as a kid, I would say, they're a hypocrite. I, I know what that means. I think it means a faker, and they're a faker, yes. And then I would see others that were like over like religious and over spiritual. And I would tell my mom, they're hyper spiritual, they're hyper religious. And sometimes that was fine, and sometimes it wasn't fine. But I was watching people, and it didn't agree with what I believed about Jesus because sometimes people don't see Jesus because of the Jesus people. Because they're not really Jesus people. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the church gets in the way. Um, but um, I, was, I was watching people and I um, saw something. I also saw in speakers that, that talked, not my dad necessarily, he didn't do this. But they would say this, do you want Jesus in your life? Come up to this altar right now. I promise you, if you just make the easy steps up to this altar, Jesus will forgive you and your life will be smooth sailing from here on out. They might even say something like, you will be rich or, or you'll never get sick again. You'll never have problems. And I would watch people say, yes, I want that. They'd get to the altar. Oh, God, please forgive me. And they would even repent of their sins. They would even start to turn from them. And then they would experience otherwise. They would experience that living for Jesus wasn't a problem-free life. And um, they would have a disconnect there. And so I made it a purpose in my heart that if I ever lead a person to Jesus, I will never misdirect them. And so today I want to set the record straight right here on Easter Sunday. What I believe about Jesus and what he's done for us. First of all, let me say it is free. Jesus is free. New life in Jesus is free. It may not be easy, but it's free. Put up this verse. Um, I can say certain things, but the Bible says it better than me. It says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth... And believe in your heart. You can't do just one or the other. You got to do both. And God raised, that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Be saved. What does that mean to be saved? Being saved means to have new life. Being saved means to have joy. Being saved means to have peace. Being saved means that when I die, I'll have heaven to go to. That's great. That's being saved. But it doesn't mean a problem-free life. And, and I know this is for the person who doesn't know Jesus, but this is also for the person that knows Jesus. Do you, rem do you realize that? Sometimes you get so upset, and, you're, and, and Jesus would probably say to you, I never promised it would be easy. This is a world of sin that we live in. Yes, I died for you, and I took care of it for you, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. It's like, it's like saying, I want to... Um, be buff, right? I want to be, uh, like, strong, right? Which I don't ever say that because I already am. But if you were going to the gym, and on the way to the gym, you eat a solid chocolate Easter bunny on the way there, right? Just eat it. Every time you go to the gym, that's your routine. You eat your chocolate Easter bunny, and then you go in and work out. You would, 
never be buff. You have to give up the bunny to be buff. And I didn't mean it to rhyme. I didn't mean to be cute there, really. But you don't. You, you, right, right, Frank? You have to give up the bunny to be buff, right? Do you, did you give up the bunny? Because you look pretty buff. You did. You gave up the bunny. My first point today is simply this, and it's kind of serious. And it's this. Jesus died. Jesus died. I have some things here. And I also have a white, there it is, right? A white bucket. I'm going to need this in a minute. It's for those that don't pay attention. It'll help you to pay attention. You're like, oh, what's he going to do with that? Not much, but... But um, the Gospels are very clear that Jesus suffered a cruel death. He did. He suffered a cruel death. And we talked about it on Good Friday, if you were here. It was one of the most horrific experiences anyone would ever go through. Um, any movie that you watch will not depict realistically how terrible it was. I mentioned on Good Friday as well that Jesus was whipped and beaten and scourged, right? And he was also crucified. There's really no record anywhere else in history where someone had both happen to them. Because usually they died during scourging they, or they died during crucifixion. He went through both. And crucifixion was one of these things that the Romans had perfected to make death prolonged. It made torture more painful than anything you could ever experience. And I'll, that's all I'll say about that. But Jesus certainly died, and it was certainly true that when he died, um, he, or when, when he was on the cross, he died. And the application to us, are you ready to see what's inside? Our application to us is that we must die too. We must die to our sin. I'm paraphrasing a lengthy uh, Bible verse in Romans. It's in the message version. Some of you uh, can't understand the Bible. I love the message version because it's very clear. It says this, and I don't have it on, on the screen. I'm going to read it for you. Romans 7, 6 through 9 says, now we're no longer shackled to our sin. I love my sin. We're free to live a new life. But once again, sin got its hands on me, and I was fooled, and I fell for it. I like the way it says it there. I was fooled, and I fell for it. Romans, put this one up. Romans chapter 7, verse 18 says this. Listen, for I know, this is, all of us can relate with this. For I know that good itself doesn't dwell in me. If you know me, you know good doesn't dwell in me. That is in my sinful part. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't seem to carry it out. Put up this slide. I, I wrote the problem in America is this. The problem in America is if we are still in love with our sin, and if I had a pen right now, I would do something because I... If we are still in love with our sin, I love my sin, love it, hearts, Hearts, I love you, sin. If we are still in love with our sin, we cannot live our new life in Jesus. I said it's simple, but it's true. Ever loved sinning more than you love Jesus? Anyone? No, not me. I would never do that. Yeah, you have. 
You loved your sin more than you loved Jesus. But I can remember the day, I think I was around 15 years old, when I realized that loving my sin was stealing my joy. It was stealing my peace. I remember I was 15 years old, 14 years old probably, and I could tell that when I sinned, I lost joy. When I sinned, I lost God's presence. When I sinned, I lost peace. And I decided that day to never sin again. And guess what happened? I never did. Isn't that amazing? I'm, I'm going to give autographs after service today. The only one in the world who has never sinned. I think the next day or the next, that evening after youth service, I went home and I sinned. I probably did. But here's the thing. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve your sin and serve Jesus. Put up that scripture. I think I even have it. Jesus said it like this. No one can serve two masters. You'll hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. He was also talking about money there but because money is many people's master. So today, first, we have to die to our sin. And that's the part nobody wants to do. What, write down these verses if you're taking notes. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Romans chapter 6, verse 7. You can look at those after this. But what comes after we die? My second point today is simple. Jesus died and then Jesus was buried. Jesus was buried. And that's the part that we don't understand. Because we love our sins so much, we could never bury it. I, I want to hold on to my sin. But Jesus says we need to bury it. And I want to encourage you with something today. And I'm going to be apprehensive about this because I don't want to bury my sin. But Jesus doesn't want to hurt your pride. He doesn't want to offend your selfish nature. Jesus loves you so much. He would never attempt to make you just feel a little bit bad about what you've done. Really? What are you getting at? Jesus doesn't want to kill your flesh, hurt your flesh. He wants to kill it. He wants to completely kill your flesh, kill your pride, kill your selfishness. And then he wants you to bury it. And sure, your sin will be in there, that cold, dark ground. It's lonely in the dark ground. It's, it's cold, it's quiet, it's dark. That's why nobody likes to be, no one likes graves. No one likes the death life. It's not fun. But that's the nature of a tomb. And can I say something to you, and it's a little bit off the subject, but... I love tulips. Does anyone love tulips in the room? 
I'm not a, like a flower person. Don't get me tulips. If you do, though, get me them, and then I'll give them to my wife, and I'll say, Happy Easter, you know, and she'll be like, oh, you're so sweet. But I, I, I feel sorry for them because tulips spend most of their life in the cold, dark ground, lonely. The, they're just a little bulb in the ground. And then they get to spend just a short time. And in Colorado Springs, they might think in February is their time, from February 3rd to February 4th, sometimes, right? That they spring up, and they're the, one of the most beautiful flowers. And that's all they get. And I feel sorry for them for that reason. Will you come up and do a little? We were therefore buried. I want you to read this scripture with me. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It's on the screen. We were therefore buried with him through death through baptism into death. That's what we celebrate when people get baptized. It's a um, representation of what's happening in your body. It's not something that you have to do to get to heaven, but it's a representation. And it says, we were therefore buried through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. Which brings me to my last point. Then I'm going to share a testimony with you. And I'm excited about it. And this is the last point. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. And Jesus was resurrected. If you have um, known Jesus for any amount of time, you know how amazing being resurrected from your sin is. And I want to read from this, the, the message version. I'm only going to read a little part of it. It's Romans chapter 6, verse 6 through 11, and I'm not going to go through it, all of it, but put it up there anyways, and I'll tell you where to stop. I like the way it says it. It says this, could it be any clearer? Our old way of life, maybe we don't have a Romans 6, 6 through 11. If not, it's all right. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross, a decisive end to that sin miserable life what we believe is this if we get included in Christ's death we also get included in his resurrection let me put it in the simplest of terms if you die to your sin if you bury it ready for the reveal magic trick it's not magic it's the gospel you bury your sin, Jesus will resurrect you. And it'll no longer be sin, it'll be life. Cheer. How did you do that? I think I know how you did that, yeah. If you bury your sin, Jesus will resurrect you into life with new joy, new peace, new purpose, new meaning. That's what Jesus does. If you have not lived life with Jesus in the driver's seat, like sometimes we try to live our life with our sin in the driver's seat and it doesn't work out, but if you've ever lived your life with Jesus in the driver's seat, you see how amazing it is. If you haven't, I would say this, you have seen nothing until you let Jesus be your driver. 
You have seen nothing. Let me tell you uh, now about a friend of mine. She let Jesus be in the driver's seat. There was a lot of reasons why she could have decided to let the enemy, let the devil, let her sin, let her, in this case, her sickness be in the driver's seat. But she decided to give it to Jesus. And I wrote it down because I want to be succinct and I also want to be accurate. Because people these days are um, cynical. We don't always believe what we hear. So I want to I wanna be very accurate here. According to medical professionals, she was as good as dead. She was as good as buried. Doctors had given her a death sentence at age 14. And she chose to not listen to the doctor. She chose life. She said, I'm going to hold my faith in Jesus and believe to be resurrected. Her sentence was terminal cancer. And she wrote on her Facebook page, I went back and looked at it. It was, I don't want to look at it because I don't want it to be a surprise. But uh, about eight years ago, she wrote this. I always pray for the best. But it seems I always get the worst. I want to be like that teenager at school getting ready for softball. Worrying when they're going to get a car. But instead, I'm worrying if they're ever going to find a cure for my cancer. I love you, my heavenly father. She was eventually put on hospice because there was nothing else they said they could do for her. Except shoot her up with drugs. And um, that caused her to be addicted to the drugs that she was on. And I looked up her hospice uh, organization and they wrote this on their website. Heaven has been living with a very rare form of cancer. Tumors in her brain and on her spine leave her in terrible pain. And there's no cure for it. When you meet heaven though, her positive perspective on life clearly hides the fact that she daily deals with cancer that may take her life at any time. Here's the thing. Heaven chose life. And she was full of faith. And she was not about ready to let this sentence be the end for her. She's now a bit older. She was tired of the treatments. She got out of the hospital. She said, I'm doing my thing. I don't even know if this is even, I don't even know what's even happening to me anymore. Am I sick or am I not? I still am alive and what is going on? But I trust you, Jesus. To make a long story short, uh, the media in her town uh, was outside her house every day. I don't know every day, but a lot. And they were play, asking her, why are you not taking these treatments? Why aren't you doing what they've told you to do? And she was fed up with it. And she left the town and down south and she drove. And, and um, she wanted to see the mountains. I don't know if she's seen them before. Doctors would have said it was for her last time to see the mountains. And uh, right before this, um, she defied the odds, had a baby, and uh, brought her miracle child with her on this trip. She planned to stay in Colorado just for a short time, and um, the short time uh, ended up God had other plans for her. And she met some friends and um, somehow made her way to New Song. And um, she told Cynthia and I about her sickness, and um, she didn't want it to be like public. 
because she didn't want people to be like knowing her as this girl who had cancer that was dying or something like that. She wanted to be known who God made her to be, right? And so I had people praying. I couldn't tell them what it was about. Please pray for her. Please pray. Um, and anyways, um, about a month ago, she checked in with doctors here because she decided to stay. And um, she thought she should see what's going on. She wasn't taking any treatments, any drugs anymore. Uh, for a, quite a while, she had been that way and still not undergoing treatments. The doctors ran tests. They ran MRIs only to find the unthinkable. And it was unbelievable to her that the test showed unmistakably that the terminal cancer uh, was gone. She thought I was going to say I'd come back. Was completely gone. She's completely healed today. She has the MRIs to prove it. And God is still on the throne and doing new things in all of us. And before I bring her up, she said, I don't want people to celebrate me. The only thing I want is for people to celebrate what God has done. Because God is the, the center of this story. And so, of course, uh, we'll give God the glory. But let me reintroduce you to heaven. That's her real name, folks, heaven. And Brad, would you come up as well? Come on up here. It's probably weird to hear the story, huh? Yes. And you can talk to her later. You can hear more about it. There's so much more of the story, including... Uh, perhaps an adoption and some all, all kinds of, of neat things. Um, but just last week, her story was featured in her um, hometown. And instead of talking about how she refused to receive treatments, they talked about how she had received healing. And uh, God is glorified. And so I wanted to ask her today, is that one on? Yes, it is. I want to ask her today, would you pray for anyone here today who, who is contemplating, do I want to live for Jesus or do I want to live for my sin? I don't know. I'm confused. Just pray for them to be encouraged today, and then I'll take it from here. Is that all right? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father. I right would, up to your, yeah. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I would like to pray for anyone that's struggling, knowing that there is truth to life, that God is in control of everything, and I pray that we are able to raise our children as a village and watch over and teach them the truth and not to believe what is said that's not true, and I pray that they find the light and the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Give him a big hand, or give Jesus a big hand for what he's done. Amen. Talk to them later. It's really cool. Here's where I could say this. Come to the altar. Give your heart to Jesus, and your life will be problem-free. I could say that right now, and I'm not. I'm not even going to ask you to come to the altar, although I believe in that 100%, because a million times I came to the altar, and Jesus did amazing things at this place, not at this, even at this altar. During different worship times, I sit up here and cried and thanked Jesus for what he's done. But I'm going to just make you, I'm going to ask you to make it an altar at your, at your chair. My goal today is not to convert you. My goal today is only to help you get a couple of steps closer to Jesus. 
and at least help you understand Jesus is real. And would you bow your heads with me? I'm not going to have you raise your hand or look up at me or anything like that. But if you're here today and uh, you walked away from Jesus or maybe you never, you never met Jesus, today is your day to meet him. I know my dad got saved in a Good Friday service when he was 12. And I'm so thankful for that day because I am here today and I will, I will make it to heaven one day and I will see heaven on earth. All because he did that, made that decision. And maybe you need to make that decision right now. Say, Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. And this is what you say, something like, I died of my sin. And uh, I'm burying my sin. And would you resurrect me into a new life because I need your help. You don't have to get cleaned up first. You don't have to do anything of yourself first. It's free. It's like the ticket to a baseball game. And you're afraid to take it because you think that there's a, there's a catch. There's no catch. Jesus already did it a long time ago. He died for your sin. And he rose from the dead to forgive you. If you're here today and you need to make that decision, just in your heart of hearts, in the quietness of this moment, I would ask you to say, say to Jesus something like this, Lord, please forgive me. And I'm going to lead us all in a prayer to help you. Um, this is a very churchy thing to do as well. The Bible doesn't say, lead everybody in a prayer so they can meet Jesus. But in our day, we're like, walk me through this. What am I supposed to do? I'm going to walk you through it. Everyone say this with me, and you can whisper it just loud enough for the person next to you to make sure they hear it too. Because I want us to say this together. Say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I ask right now that you would forgive my sin. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And replace my sin with new life. In Jesus' name. It'll forever get lost. I'm going to say something kind of serious right now, and that is this. That um, we believe that Jesus heals. We believe sometimes he heals through medical worlds, through, through medicine. Sometimes he heals through eternity, which I sometimes don't like that one. Um, we, he, we believe also, though, that sometimes he heals through faith, that we believe and he does it right here, right now. And I want to encourage you today that you don't leave this place, um, maybe figuratively this way, you can leave this place because we're getting ready to do an Easter egg hunt, but you don't leave uh, this place in your heart without coming to me or to one of our leaders here at the church, one of our pastors, uh, one of the people around you, because we believe everyone is a minister. And you say to them, I need uh, someone to pray for me. I have terminal cancer. I have this. People are healed today. I've seen it many times. I've seen people healed of blindness. I've seen people healed of all kinds of terrible diseases, and it can happen for you. Also, if you're here today and you need someone to agree with you, like, I think I'm saved now. Like, I think I, like, I'm good with Jesus, but I need to make sure. I would love to, to talk to you. In fact, I'd go to coffee with you. That's a small enough church. I'll sit down with you at coffee. You can sit with anyone else here and do that too, but I'm happy to. I have time to sit with you. We'll talk. Uh, tell me what you're going through. I want to uh, help you. We, we want to uh, meet, meet your need. Um, this church is a family. 
uh, our motto is we have fun, we love Jesus, and we are family. So look at the people once again around you. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.